It's the two sexy Puerto Rican studs, Ortiz Santana, repping that, that LAX 5150. My vision is 2020. You want our 2020 podcast? Y'all listening to that 20 by 20 podcast, the best of wrestling, the best of hip hop. Check it out. Boom. Ow! 2020 podcast, bro. What? 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 This is episode 116 of the 20 by 20 podcast, and we are your host, Nathan McFly with Young Quarantine Poppy, aka I Need a Cut Right Now. <laughs> it's a nigga with you, man. What up? What up? What's good? I don't know about the quarantine poppy shit anymore, bro. I, nobody's quarantining anymore. <laughs> I'm still quarantining. <laughs> I'm still quarantine poppy. They're going to reopen up outside 100%, and I'm still going to be quarantine poppy. <laughs> What's popping, man? Yo, shout out to the Nation of Domination. Shout out Los Boricuas. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, where is it at? <laughs> Shout out to Bachateros. Yes. And we're going to shout out somebody new. Oh, okay. Who we shine out? Hold on. Because, you know, <clears throat> I've been calling for the return of the nation of domination for a minute. That's something that I've been like since episode two. It's been shout out to the Nation of Domination. I've been really, you know, I've been hoping for a black stable, something that's like real respectable, commands respect. Some, you know, maybe maybe not Nation of Domination, but just something that's serious. And I feel like I'm getting that right now with Hurt Business. Hurt Business. So we're gonna start shouting out the hurt business every episode. Oh, okay, okay. We're gonna blow them dudes up, man. Because not for nothing, I know we just started. I just wanna like start this off going in on the hurt business. Only cause I'm feeling I'm feeling it, bro. I'm feeling how they look suited and booted. You know what I'm saying? Talking their shit. All them niggas is built looking like, you know what I'm saying? Looking like strong black men. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I'm feeling that. Like, I'm really, like, I'm really appreciating that. So, shout out to her business. Shout out to MVP. Yeah, I'm with it. You with it? I'm with it. I mean, this is is something that, you know, it kind of resonates from a a stable. He had an impact where he called called the stable the Beatdown Clan. (laughs) The clan, though? Yeah. That could have been the gang, the group, the clique, the mob. I think, I think it was the I think it was the beatdown clan. I think that's what it was called. That's nasty. Yeah, beatdown clan. That's what it was called. <laughs> sure, I can get down with her business. I don't know about the beatdown clan. I don't know being down with any clan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some niggas there though, bro. Yeah, I remember they <clears throat> I thought it was gonna pop off like you know, he had some people there, but I mean, it was cool. It was cool. It was something different. You know what I mean? It was something different. Who they had? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh Kenny King. I think Lashley was there too. Uh, was it Samoa Joe and Low Key? I think Samoa Joe was a part of that joint as well. You had Bobby Lashley, Shane Thorne. 
Brendan Vink, mm. Shelton Benjamin, and MVP as the leader. Beatdown clan. I, I like that. I like. I kind of like that name. Not for nothing. BDC. Yeah. I just don't. I don't know. You know. I'm. I don't know. The clan. Uh, uh, the clan. Yeah. Instead of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, the clan. Yeah, I know. I know where you're going. I know. You know where you're NWO. Going. They used to call them the Order. You know, when you didn't want to go through the whole NWO, you just call them the Order. What are you gonna call these guys? The clan. <laughs> oh man but uh yeah man shout out to mvp doing his thing doing his thing uh can i bring up one more point um because i don't know if we're gonna end up going in on on this but um why the hell is all the <laughs> why is it her business beefing with another black taxi <laughs> like i'm looking for one of them to flip and go and get down with these with these dudes who you think is going to be I, I, I'm I'm hoping Apollo Crews would just kind of like turn on his boys and just join the Hurt Business. I'm thinking it's going to be, uh, what's his name, man? Ricochet. Oh, yeah. Your boy right there? Things I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see anything happening with Ricochet or Cedric Alexander. Like, I see a lot more traction happening with Apollo Cruz and I feel like with Apollo, he needs he needs to turn on the fans because the fans already forgot that he was US champion. He got the win over over MVP on Monday. And it was just like whatever. It wasn't like really nothing That's not crazy. I mean, MVP did a good did a good um job of selling it. You know what I'm saying? And and saying that he wanted a rematch and all this other shit. But right now they have like the best opportunity to probably turn Apollo heel and have him join the Hurt Business. Like, it could just be, like, you know, MVP telling him, like, all right, yo, it, it could have been, like, you know, MVP giving him the belt, or it could be a six-man tag where he got, you know, his boys Ricochet and Cedric with him, and, you know, MVP goes out there for a handshake, this nigga turns around and just starts whipping Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, and I'd say he joins. He he fits. He fits the mold with them. You know what I'm saying. So I feel like that that'll be dope. Yeah, I just be going with my with my heart because I feel like Ricochet is nasty. He is. And I yo, that that segment that he had with uh, MVP where he came out and he was talking, I was just like, damn, it's terrible, bro. It's terrible. It's terrible. His mic skills are just. So I'm thinking, like, maybe if he just starts being a good guy and maybe he just starts being a dickhead and he just goes healed, then maybe he'll be better on the mic. I don't know, man. I, to be honest... Uh, but he's too nasty to just... Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing with a lot a lot of these new wrestlers. And when I mean new wrestlers, like, I'm not just talking about the ones that just got on camera. I'm talking about the ones that they've been doing their thing through the indies whatever you could say, or other promotions. And then when they get up to, like, that level where they made it, some of them don't have character development. You know what I'm saying? And you can see it. You're like, you, you'll, you'll see it while they're, you know, in TNA, in New Japan. They'll get away with saying stupid shit because the crowd's going to pop for anything. They're just waiting on a great match. That's all it is. 
And that's the perspective of these fans now, or fans in general, I should say, where they're only waiting on a good match. They, like, we always say the essence of storytelling is lost. But I feel that with certain things going on now, AEW has a little has a little bit of it in, in it right now. WWE with just certain shit. I mean, they're even trying. They're trying their hardest to build these new these new talents. It's just some of them they really gotta they really gotta go all out, man. Like I feel like they're just so much into their comfort zone that they just come off as corny. And if they come off as corny on TV, it's like, do you even as good as they are? Do you still want to see them? Or you rather go and pay $30 to go to Melrose Ballroom and see him over there? Nah, yeah. I, <clears throat> I definitely feel that, bro. You know what I'm saying? You having like million dollar wrestling moves with $5 personality. Yeah, that and that that's bonkers to me. But yo, I just, I'm not going to give up on either one of those two because them two as a tag team look fire. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like they just need a they need a manager. They had a manager and then they could say little things here and there, like Hawk and Animal. They never really until until they were in WWE before that, when you know, when we were kids watching them in WCW and everything, they didn't really say much on the mic. Even like their first stint in WWE, they didn't really say much. It was Paul Ellering, it was their manager. They was feeding in, in into the into the camera, and then they would just add their little tidbits here and here and there. Well, yeah, no animal, like you know, like super exactly. Stuff. And those tidbits is what made them, bro. That exactly. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> Yo, I feel that if they can get a really good manager, like you know who you know who they should get. Oh man, what's homie's name? Malcolm Bivens. All right. I don't I know you don't know who Malcolm Bivens is. Well, on NXT, he's the manager of these two like hulking Indian dudes, right? But his mic game is crazy. His mic game is so official, bro. So official. And I feel that him being, you know, young, in tune with, with what's hip right now, and having having that like Paul Hammond like, but with like a urban twist, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of, kind of, kind of tone. He could make Ricochet Cedric Alexander something. You know what I'm saying? Because he loves to talk on the mic. He'll take bumps. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he, you know, he's a former student of the game. He'll take bumps, mm-hmm. and I just think that's a that's a great pairing right there. Oh my god, I just thought of that. Yeah, that's a fucking amazing pairing, yo. And he will definitely get them over. He would definitely get those guys over. Because those guys are too, too talented in the ring, man. Yo, if not, Ricochet, yo, pull up to Queens, bro. Chill out with us. You know what I'm saying? Pick up the vibe. Pick up the swag. You know what I'm saying? Pick up the lingo. (laughs) And then bring that shit back to WWE. Swagnificent. And call yourself, like... Ricky Baby, you know what I'm saying? Like, do something, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just be like, yo, fuck you fucking fans. <laughs> I'm tired of being nice for you fans. I'm going to just prove myself in the ring. Every time you see me, I'm going to be doing the the most electrifying shit in the ring. <laughs> this guy electrifying. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Little <laughs> rock swag in there, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, he can play. Yo, I can see it, bro. Yeah, dude, you know when you see it? When he wrestles, though. Because there's Hell it, yeah. the match. That shit is there. Like, you know, like the opponent misses him, and then he'll come back with like a kick to the head. He'd be like, got him. Like, just him just seeing stuff shit like, like that. Exactly. That's that's dope. I don't know. I could spend this whole podcast pleading that I want Ricochet to do his thing. Like, I do. I don't know. I know. I, you know what? Your birthday just passed. I'm going to get you a Ricochet shirt, bro. Don't, because he's going to like me. They're going to think I'm corny. You you corny with a Ricochet shirt, bro. I'm sorry. When you pick up the mic and you're like, yeah, you should go check the stupid store for you. Or, you know what I'm saying? And it's like... <laughs> the stupid store? <laughs> Ricky, pull up, bro. We got you. We got you. Oh, shit. Yo, you know, you know what's crazy? Is that, like, if he would have the charisma of there's this kid that just got into AEW. His name is Ricky Starks. I've been following him since he was in NWA. Dope. Yo, he's dope. Dope in the ring, on the mic. He just got crazy swag. He's like, he's like, the the men call me absolute Ricky Starks. He's like, the women, they can call me Stroke Daddy. Like, yo, there's like shit like that. And just like his mic game, when they, yo, Taz gave him the mic, what was it, like a week or two ago on AEW when it was him and Brian Cage versus uh, Moxley and Darby Allen. Oh, I was last week. Got on the mic, said what he had to say, and I was just like, he's once the crowd comes back, and I'm pretty sure, you know, social media buzzes over him, but once the crowd comes back, bro, yo, he's going to be a star. That's going to be another one there, man. That's going to be another one there, bro. Absolute Ricky Starks. Check him out. All right. I like that. Dope. Um, But talking about wild shit. (laughs) (laughs) We went off on a wild tangent. Yo, we just say, hey, welcome to the podcast. Yo, you know what? Let me just say something real quick. (laughs) Business? (laughs) It went from a shout out to like pleading for Ricochet. (laughs) Yeah, and, And this next topic is nasty in itself, too. Yeah, man. Uh, this uh, this old school rocker is off his rocker, bro. <laughs> this old school rocker is off his rocker. <laughs> Word, man. That nigga, he ain't been the same since he flew through that window. Yo, he went to the barbershop for a shape-up, and Shawn Michaels just threw him through the window with the, with the black leather on. Hasn't been the same, B. Shit. Hasn't been the same. But uh, yeah, man. Marty Janetti's raised some eyebrows. Is <laughs> yo, dude, with a murder confession. Yeah. And cool. when yeah. I put, yo, when I put up the post, right, about what he was saying in his Facebook, like the first things I seen, like you know, he had a little racism in it, homophobia, and murder. And I was just like, Jesus, this is crazy. But the underlying thing, I'm wondering if anybody would get it, was he's 13 years old and, you know, a gay man was trying to have his way with him from what he's saying. Right? Yep. That's why he did what he did. You think anybody caught that? 
And so somebody said it on our post. He's like, oh, nobody caught the pedophilia. What, that the guy was trying to molest them and that's why he killed them? Yeah. All right. So your man, Morty Gennetti, which is your man. Shout out to Action Bronson, who got a whole hook about Marty Gennetti. <laughs> Marty <laughs> Gennetti. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He went on Facebook and was talking, you know, everything that Natsush was talking about. Um, You know, that that shit sparked a whole investigation, too. Yeah, now the Georgia police police is looking into it. Good job, dickhead. Now, (laughs) Now, if, let's say that's a lie, but now that they're going to start investigating you, who knows what shit this guy got going on? Because exactly. he's talking some weird shit like, in those Facebook posts. But this this is the thing though. Nobody's gonna see that. What we were just what we just said right now, because all of the other like it, ridiculous things that he has said, not only through Facebook, but even like when he first opened up a Twitter account. Like on Facebook, he talked about a young a young lady that he he thought was his daughter, but Tess came out and revealed it wasn't his daughter after some time. And now they've been thinking about, you know. Nah, as soon as he got that news, he was like, yo, yes. <laughs> yes. You know? Which is crazy because that means you had that thought in your head. Exactly. You had that thought in your head the whole time. And then supposedly some young broad hit him up on Facebook and he's like, she's saying she's 20, but I don't buy it. What do you guys think? Should I, should I, should I, uh, should I snatch the bait? And I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah, bro. I was, I was reading his, his, his posts and yeah, he talks about a lot of different shit. A lot. It's in a weird way too. Like, is that the CTE talking? Is that is that a droga? Like, what's up with yeah, that's a droga, bro. That's that that's that 1985 pure white talking, bro. Nigga taking quaaludes and fucking him and him and Shawn Michaels back in the day, especially when they were that that young, when they were the rockers, they were known as like partiers, you know, like any drug that was available with a Bud Light, they were taking it, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like. It's it's insane. And then um, there was another thing. What was it? Oh man, that was, I forgot. Oh, when somebody said if if somebody's offering you money to talk about like wrestling story, old school wrestling stories, he talked. He went to like a story where he was on a plane with uh, with another wrestler he didn't name, and they supposedly <laughs> drugged and and raped a, a college girl sleeping. Like they both did, yeah. And I'm like, what on a? Hold on, wait. I did. I did not read that one. Hold yeah, on. dude, it's crazy. Yo, dude, go through, go through Twitter, and just hashtag Marty Janetti. Yo, I read a bunch of them, but I did not see that one. Yeah, bro, he's he's out there, B. He's out there. Wow. Well. Hopefully he's just bullshitting, you know what I'm saying? Like he's just talking like a lot of people do on on fucking social media. They just be telling all these stories, looking for clout and shit. Yeah, but this is not the time for that, bro. Like yo, can you talk about the story? Um, because I kept I kept reading that he ended Sting's career. Cool. 
Marty Jannetty. No, that was Seth Rollins. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right, save that then. That's right, it is Seth Rollins. <laughs> save that well, you thing. Think, you, think you think they look alike? <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I guess that just fit in my head, but yeah, save that though, because I want to know about that too. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, but, but yeah, man, like, so this guy, he's been out the business, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he's done, you know, uh, a whole bunch of indie, indie tours, dates. I think the last time he was on WWE TV was like, uh, I think Raw 1000 or some crazy shit where like him and Shawn Michaels teamed up as the Rockers again. It was just, you know, it was some nostalgic thing right there. But, um, damn, he, he, (laughs) yo, Marty Jannetty accepted Shawn Michaels' apology. Like, he, he, oh, yeah, that's, that's been over and done with, bro. That's been over and done with, but soft ass. And, and you know, what's funny is that, like, he has the short hairdo now, but he still came out in the rocker gear. And then Shawn Michaels has the HBK gear. It was just bad, weird, bro. It's like I gotta look that up. <laughs> yo, he reminded me of um Mickey Rourke in the wrestler. Oh my god. Like, he can't get out, he can't get out of that fucking um that space. You know what I'm saying? He cannot get out of that space. And it was just it was crazy. It was so funny, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually I see it. I think that has to be the <laughs> that has to be the cover art right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're not cover already Marty Janetti, bro. Why? He's the fucking talk of the town. <laughs> look at this shit. Hey, look at look at HBK. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, the tassels and everything, bro. That is funny. Look at this nigga. <laughs> at least they have the same colors on. I guess. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but uh, in other news, let's get off this nasty ass dude. <laughs> the Brahma Bull, The Rock, has acquired the XFL for $15 million. Ballers! Yo, he's living his character without borrowing the money from a. Uh, from Denzel Washington's son. I forgot his I forgot his name on Ballers. <laughs> but I think this is going to be a great move. And the way he's talking about it is like if he's actually going to turn it into like some type of a, a G League. You know how like the G League is for with the NBA? I think that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Because for the, for the ones that don't get drafted, for the ones that, that are not Mr. Irrelevant, which is the last, you know, the last person drafted, this this could be a new you know new fountain of hope for them. You know what I'm saying? Like they could go over there, they could get their playing skills up because you're gonna be there with coaches that have been in the league. I'll let you know if you're gonna make it or not. Yo, give everybody a second chance. That's what the G League is for, right? That's what the minors are in baseball. NFL doesn't have that. They don't. I mean, they you know a lot of times they go straight to college because yeah. it's pretty much a young man's league. But um, man. I can see this being a great thing for the XFL. I could see it being taken a little more seriously. Yeah. And you the XFL I mean? this year wasn't bad. 
No, it was pretty good. I did I did see a couple games. There was some dudes balling. Yeah, I mean, yo, Vince McMahon actually really changed it up and did something pretty dope with it. You know, so, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for Rona, I mean, who knows? I found the number to be really low. Well, you know, he did um, file for bankruptcy. So, you know, Rock probably got that on the low, bro. Got it for the low. You know what I'm saying? A lot of those players are probably – I'm pretty sure they didn't have multi-million dollar contracts. No, nah, they didn't. They didn't. They, you know, it's not really structured that way. There are some players that are like paid higher than others, but yeah. it's kind of like I What I've read is they was like literally playing pay, players by like position and mm-hmm. and shit like that. But yeah, this this could be dope. This could be dope, bro. You never know. I'm actually I'm actually hyped for for the next season that comes around. I'm like, I'm not not too hype about the NFL season. Because it looking it's looking like it's gonna be replacements part two. You know, who's drafting Keanu Reeves, bro? <laughs> there's not that many players. No, there's a lot of players already opting out, kid. No, nah, yeah, I saw I saw the list. It's not it's not that big. You know what I'm saying? A lot of no names, a lot a lot of people you never heard of, but you know what I'm saying? They they taking on like Cespedes. At least they letting the league know. This nigga Cespedes didn't even call nobody. Nigga no, yo, yo, went to his room like yo. Yo, the bus is leaving in 10 minutes. Somebody coughed. I'm leaving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yo me voy. Yeah. No, no, no. I got tosando ahí. Yo me voy, yeah. Me fui. Mira, este tigre está loco. Este tigre está crazy. Yo me voy para mi finca. I'm good. That nigga went back to his 300-acre ranch in Florida. He's like, yo, I'm out. I was like, I can't do this. He's like, me voy para... Yeah. <laughs> Mira. Mira, coño. <laughs> oh, shit, man. But, yeah, man. Whatever happened with Cespedes, hopefully he's good, bro. Word. Back on to here. Uh, Monday. Monday. What the fuck? Yo, dude. I could not make sense. I mean... A highlight, of course, was everything that was happening with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. Yep. Every time you you add in a little bit of reality to anything, it makes it seem so much better. Facts. And the back and forth, because both of them had the same, you know, same nickname. If you think about it, they were both considered as the next, the next one up, the golden child. You know what I'm saying? Randy Moore, because he has that lineage with his grandfather, his father, and then him. Like, he was just a natural for this. And Vince McMahon was so enamored with uh, Drew McIntyre when he first brought him in. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, yo, like, now these two are going to go head-to-head at at SummerSlam. You know, they had, I think, one match on Raw, which was, you know, it was nothing crazy. Uh, I think like a year, maybe two years ago. But this, like, this is like a real segment. And I don't think anybody was really invested in this because probably they just don't want to see Randy take an L right now or they don't want to see Drew take an L. But with what they've been doing the last two weeks, Ric Flair being incorporated, you got to bring back the OG, at least in some type of form, because he could still talk. I feel that it's making everybody a lot more 
invested into what they're doing. So kudos to them, what they're doing right there. That shit is fire. Can't wait to see how that turns out for SummerSlam. But with this new faction, you know, their name, they 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 debuted the name through social media. These motherfuckers are throwing Molotov cocktails on generators. They looking like, you know, basically like these rioters and shit. Or, you know, like, I, I, I don't know what's going on there. Like, I, I, I'm totally, like, lost with that shit. And then we have Asuka interfering in the match with Shayna that's going for, for the title against Sasha. And and then Shayna's like, you know what? I can't wait. You know, he's like, I'm rooting for you. I can't wait until you beat Sasha because I want to beat the living shit out of you. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, wait, can we just get there first? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it was just too much. Every Everything kept going. And then the lights are flickering. And then out of nowhere, Shane's like, hey, how you doing? I'm over here with my with my strippers from Rivies and yes. and uh and a and a ring with no with no rope, and everybody's gonna almost punch each other in the face. Let's see what's going on. I'm like, what the fuck? Yes. It was seeing raw underground. I'm like, all right, there's potential here. Hold on, wait, wait, before you jump into it. Yeah. Bring it back to the beginning of Raw Underground. What, you know, explain it and, you know. Okay. Raw Underground, they have it as like a fight club. Underground fighting scene where it's a shoot fight. It's every man for themselves. You get choked out, you're done. You get knocked out, you're done, whatever it is. This is Shane, Shane's ballpark. Shane loves MMA. He trains in Muay Thai and all the other stuff. Like, he loves this type of scene. So I'm guessing that's why he's going to be the face of this shit. You know, he knows how to present it. Props to WWE for doing something different. You know what I'm saying? Because being... Once again. Being... Hold on. Being in the same building that hosts three different shows, nothing looks different. Everything looks the same. And regardless of how many great matches, to be honest with you, bro, between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, there have been a lot of really good to almost great matches happening that people are not really paying attention to much because the product itself, like in a whole, doesn't look good. You know what I mean? And I understand that. But I, I see a lot of good and what and, and it's crazy because I see a lot a lot more better match a lot of better matches on TV than I do on the pay-per-views. Right. It could be because you know they gotta they gotta make their you know make their quota with, with all these deals that they had on the table before everything happened. Totally understand that. Going back to Raw Underground. I like the grittiness of it, but like make it dirty, bro. You know what I'm saying? Make it like a real fight scene. When I seen that, you know, like people were like, it, it, it looked fake. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to really underproduce the shit, underproduce it. You know, don't give me like the dope high camera angles and then like, yo, give me some grainy shit. Give me, give me some, yo, let Shane broadcast that shit through his phone and be like, yo, look what's going on. Oh my God. Like, 
let it let it be a little more like cutting edge. And then have those have those athletes that you have that have the background of all that. Go in there and actually really do those fights. Not no not no bullshit. Yeah, let, let them do those fights with the hardcore niggas that you got there. They are wrestlers, but they're known as tough guys. Let them go in there too, bro. You know what I'm saying? Of course, they don't want to, you know, kind of lose the the stigma of some of some of their talent, so it doesn't hurt the product in the long run. But there's other there's other people there. I'm pretty sure, bro, that haven't been seen on TV because maybe they're in developmental, maybe they're on 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 the lower part of the card on NXT, SmackDown, or Raw. Let them be there. Don't use don't use the ones that you're gonna make money off. Like when I seen the Viking Raiders, there, I was like, nah, that's bullshit. They shouldn't be there. I under I kind of understood Dolph Ziggler being there because he has a real amateur wrestling background. State state champion. Uh, I think he was uh, two or three time champion at NCAA when he was in college, like on some Brock Lesnar shit. Cool. But if you're going to use him in that, let him really go at it, though. Don't hold him back. Let him do what he has to do. It doesn't seem like it's really like... it's not. I don't think it's going to be like shoot fighting. It looks like it's just aggressive wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's strong style. The shit they be doing in Japan. You said strong style? Yeah, like a strong style, but... They have to, you know, it just, it doesn't look good. The way they're, the way it's being shot too nice. Like, it it has to be gritty. Yeah, it's definitely too many camera angles. Yeah. Like, switching of the camera views. I didn't like that part of it. Like, I know they do that, like, to create, you know, to make shit look more real. But, I mean, dude, obviously we can see they're not landing punches. Right? I, we can obviously see that it's fake. You know what I'm saying? Like. There's no realness to it. Like I think Zolf did, uh, Zolf, uh, Dolph Ziggler did really good. Yeah. Um, I think he looked the best out of everybody. But it was just kind of awkward, like the way, even the way the first match started, like when they brought when he brought dude out, oh, and he didn't even introduce the other guy. It's just like so. It's like it's already like there's a jobber in the underground. It's like you know what I'm saying and. Shout out to the strippers. I think that was amazing. Um, not you know the girls, the ladies. You know what I'm saying. Shout out to them. Like themselves. You know I appreciate the fishnet. You know what I'm saying. Like, you know those ladies. It works as long as none of them have ass, right? If they all like flat chested, no ass is gonna work. Yeah. The moment you get real some dirty, like, real dirty chicks in it, it's that's it. It's over. They're gonna, it's gonna be too provocative. But if you get some like little flat chested, no, no booty having girls, like, yo, you know, it, it's all good. So I was, I was thinking, I was like, yo, where's where's the Godfather? Yeah, the Godfather would probably be somebody like to bring in. You know, what I'm saying to hype it up. Um, but let me just yeah, uh, aggressive wrestling, aggressive wrestling. Let me ask you this: so that that's that's what you want out of it. You want you want something like hard nose, like aggressive, right? I mean, that's what it is. That's what you're getting from it. Yeah, I I feel like we're not getting that yet. 
because no, I, because it it's just too polished. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be a little. Like I said, Ben, it could be a little thing. Like it's being broadcast, but we're getting that 4K iPhone quality from fucking Shane McMahon on his phone. You know, like shit like that. Like I feel that'll make things look better when. I saw Bobby Lashley jump in the ring, getting ready. I was like, you see this right here? Let him run through everything. Let him call himself the king of the underground. And out of nowhere, just like in like a movie, like, I don't know, like Roadhouse or in uh in a video game. Like the boss before the game's over just knocked down the door and it's fucking Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Like, you know what? We were supposed to been do this shit. Let's go, baby. We ain't even going to do it on Raw or SmackDown. We're going to do it here in the underground. Fire. Shout out to LP because me and LP were talking about this for a WrestleMania where they, they should have, oh, for WrestleMania 35. And we were talking about how there should be two different rings set up. And we're like, oh, that might be a little too much. And then we're like, yeah, fuck that shit. Put it in the parking lot. Put an octagon in there. Let these motherfuckers go at it. That's money right there. Let them really go at it. Not no, like, WWE produce shit. Let them really, really, really go at it. And they're in the right state. They're doing all this shit in Florida. They can get that off, bro. They Yo, can get off a sanctioned match like that. There's um, there's talks that they have supposedly a location for SummerSlam in the Northeast that they're trying to hammer out the details on. Okay. And that location... <laughs> Not too far from us, my man. Jersey, AC, mm. and they they want to you know they want to use the outdoors of Atlantic City for two thousand people. Fuck out of here, bro. That's not gonna happen. It could happen, bro. Yo, if the WWE gets two thousand people and MLB, NBA can't get. No more than the people working the event. Vince McMahon just needs to own all of sports entertainment after that. <laughs> I mean, yo, the NBA probably could have done something because one is in Florida. Yeah. And honestly, if everybody has those booths, basically where they just like, it's like cubbies separating people. Okay. With clear, like they can make that shit happen. If anybody can make it happen, WWE can make it happen. 2,000 people? 100%, bro. WWE? This is Vince we're talking about here. This is the nigga that has not stopped taping shows. Since WrestleMania 1. <laughs> and COVID did not stop him. Yo, because, yo, dude, he's the reason why fucking wrestling kept going. Yeah, why AEW could do a show. That's right. He made everything. He made wrestling essential, bro. That's right. That's insanity. That's right. That money stretch long, kid. That's right. But uh, a wifey in high places, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, ex-wifey. But yo, not for nothing, man. The third hour of Raw, seen some really good numbers, bro, and and. In the demographics where they were really lacking. 
you know, and I want, I'm wondering what uh, the demo god Chris Jericho wants to say about this. I mean, that that 1849 demo, as they say, which I who gives a fuck, right? Yes, who gives a fuck? Right. The only one they cares is Jericho. But they they seen like these plus 24, plus 54 percent with females and young adult males, and I'm like, damn, I was like, they were lacking like that, bro. Like, I was like. What's the age group? And they're saying that like, the age group for WWE is either you're a kid or you're about 40 to 50 years old. Right, Generational, bro. I was like, you know what, though? Those are the people that got money, and those are the kids that uh, their family has money to buy them T-shirts and all that shit. Like, yeah, like, are kids really watching? Like, what? Wh- who is a wrestler... On AEW, that kids can idolize. Give me one. But you know what's crazy is that like kids are really gravitating towards it. But towards who? Moxley. I mean, like six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. Six, seven-year-olds. I'm guessing they're probably thinking Orange Cassidy is the coolest motherfucker in the world. He just got there. But still, he's been there since since the beginning. I'm just saying, like, I could see kids, like, liking New Day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could see kids liking, like, um, there's a bunch of wrestlers in WWE that, like, I could see kids. Of course, of course. I just, like, I just see a bunch of, like, grown-ass men that don't really look like they give a fuck about. There's no Hulk Hogan-type wrestlers in AEW. Like, who's... Who's the each of vitamins in AEW? <laughs> like who's talking to the kids in AEW? I don't know. I, like I like I said, bro. I think the 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 cool factor of Orange Cassidy is really getting like the the younger the younger uh, audience. You can see that? You know what I mean? I can um, definitely see that. Uh, Yo, know, Dean Ambrose. Well, John Moxley, I should say, had a great following in WWE. And he's translated that over to AEW as well. I mean, the Young Bucks, forget about it. The Young Bucks, they hit that demo, that demographic they always talk about, that 18 to 49. Like, those are the ones going to the indie shows. Those are the ones that, that followed their whole career. Nah, yeah, yeah, I get it. You know what it is? What I'm thinking is because, you know, it, WWE is, is, a, is generational. Like, no, no, definitely. You, your kids are going to watch it. Definitely. You and know, what put them on to stuff that you've watched when you was a kid, when you were there. My parents watched it. You yeah. know, my kids will watch it. So it's like, who, you know, I just think about like AEW is like grown men, you know, grown yeah. people shit. Yeah, they're, they're still in the beginning stages of their history. You know what I'm saying? When you're talking about WWE, as you said, you could relate to it with your parents because there was there was a transition phase there where it went from what they were watching to what you're watching now. And then there was that, that little that little X right there, right, where the transition happened, where there was, like, a connection. The AEW doesn't have that right now. You know what I mean? Because AEW is, what, in their second year? They're just getting the ball rolling with stuff. Just like when, when like you said, when your kids are watching it, right, there's going to be a transition there where it went from what your parents were watching to what you're watching to what they're watching. But there's going to be a point in the transition where you guys can relate to what's going on. 
right now, AEW doesn't have that. Right now, AEW is building their identity, building what they have. And I, I feel that, you know, with certain, I can't say all of them, because it's not going to be all talent that's going to get over and the kids are going to look at it and be like, oh, my God, or whatever the fuck. But there's certain people there that they have that are really going to cross over and kids are really going to like, like Darby Allen, like Darby Allen is really popular with a, with a young, with a young age group, John Moxley, Orange Cassidy, the young bucks, um, the, the, the go hards, the diehards with Kenny Omega. I can't say much for Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes is just Cody Rhodes. You know what I'm saying? When you think of Cody Rhodes, you think of Dusty Rhodes. I'll be honest with you. I don't I, like gold dust doesn't even come to mind. Red dust doesn't even come to mind. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's that. And just got to wait. You got to wait for that. That that one person is going to be there. Hulk Hogan. If they do it right, they're going to have it. Just like, look. And, that, and that's another thing. Like with them, they got to learn. How, they got to learn how to get over that hump where it's like, all right, we're getting a million, two million people watching constantly every Wednesday. And you know what? We're going to actually get a moment to see if they could catch that. Because after the 17th, which is about a week and a half from now, they're going to be airing on different nights because of the NBA season. I saw that. So there, there's, there's going to be days airing on Thursday. There's going to be days airing on a Tuesday. So now you're really going to be going head-to-head with NXT because NXT is faithfully on that Wednesday because WWE, you know, and NBC, they've been they've been partners forever since Saturday Night Main Event. I hear what you're saying. So you're not going to have that split audience. Exactly. And if you bring the audience in together, they have almost 2 million people watching wrestling on a Wednesday. Now... When they're airing on a Thursday, let's see how many people they're gonna they're gonna bring to the table. When NXT is still airing on Wednesdays, let's see what NXT could really do with their product. And this is gonna be uh, a real a real cool time to be honest with you, because the week that it starts, I think, is the week before SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So NXT is gonna have their, you know, their. Uh, their leadoff show going into um, NXT 30, their takeover, SummerSlam, all that stuff. So let's see how many people they could they they could engage into their into their, into their product when it's only them for that one night. That's and dope. I, and then after that, and I feel like this is a transition phase for AEW because if they see that they can be that much more um, profitable on a different night. They should start looking into that, because I know, like, when they were first doing um the the trademarking for for certain for certain showings and all those others, Dynamite was supposed to be on Tuesday. It was like it was a show called Tuesday Night Dynamite, you know, because in the landscape at that moment before COVID, Monday through Friday was booked with wrestling. You had Raw on Monday, you had Impact. I think was Wednesday or Thursday night at the moment. Then you had NXT on Wednesdays. Then you have SmackDown on Fridays. So Tuesday was open. It was just so many different promotions having so so much. Wasn't NWA doing Tuesdays? But their their shows on YouTube is YouTube Live. Oh right 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 right. You know so I mean? 
I mean, it, not that it doesn't matter, but they 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 well, were regarding ratings that. and yeah, they were, they're getting you know their 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 shows. I think like a day or two afterwards, it's like almost half a million viewers. Really? Yeah, because everybody was you know viewing other stuff that day, and then they'll go to that. You'll see some of the some of this stuff: 400,000 people watching it, five hundred thousand people watching it. That's what's up. That's, yeah, that's really fucking good. So I'm very intrigued on what's going to happen in the next week and a half or so. I really want to see what uh, AEW does. You know, I'm, yo, listen, man, I'm rooting for the whole business because I just want to see it all blossom, bro. This, this, this right here, like we said when this first happened, when it was us, you know, Shice and LP, yo, this is going to bring us back to that, them glory days where we had, more than one different wrestling show to watch on TV. Now we have three, if you're interested in Impact. But if you got the two main joints with the stars you wanted to be seen every week that were in Japan and over here and over there, we got it. We got WCW again. Yeah. Not WCW in the whole, but you know what I mean by that. Nah, I definitely get what you mean. It's true. I can't wait to see what happens with that. But um, going to SmackDown, well, before going to SmackDown, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta run through NXT real quick. What you think about Cole eating that foot to the face or to the chest? I don't know what it was. Yo, why McCaffrey punt Cole like that though? Like he's a punter. He was the best. He was the best punter of his generation. That's why he won that ring with in, with, with the Colts. Does he have any wrestling or fighting background? Well, he's been training mm. for Rip Rogers, who's known as a really great. Uh, wrestling mind and trainer as well. And this is going to be interesting. Uh, they didn't have nothing for Cole. And I feel that I think out of everybody, I think I was the only one that really said they don't have to go to the main roster. Because I see them as I see the four horsemen. Right. Where there's times, there's periods where the four horsemen reign and had every title, but then the big show comes, they lose everything, and they got to regroup. Either they disband, go apart, they're not with each other no more, and then they all come back together. They could tell that story with um, Undisputed Ever. They're, they're, they're still brand new. For sure. Sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't break it up. Exactly. Just like with Bullet Club has been running heavy for like seven years already. And I can't count the amount of times that Bullet Club goes into the Tokyo Dome, the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom with like the junior, the the, the junior tag titles, the heavyweight tag titles, an intercontinental belt, um, the never open belt, like, cause you know, New Japan has like belts galore and shit and lose everything, everything, lose all seven matches. Seven out of the 14 matches are all Bullet Club matches. They lose everything. And still remain. And still remain because they got to regroup. They got to let other people get their shine. And then they're going to come back and feast. I feel like that's what they could do with the Undisputed Era. I agree. You know what I'm saying? I like Cole. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he's a superstar. I think, like, he's somebody that can lead the main roster. Oh, he goes to Raw or SmackDown. He's going to. I think the whole Undisputed Era at one point will lead the SmackDown roster. 
They're going to lead the SmackDown roster at one point. This is why I wish, man, that WWE did not let go of Gallows and Anderson because they could have beefed with AJ and AJ could have called on his boys. And there's a lot of history between all of those people there, whether it be in the Bullet Club or just straight indies and ROH and all the other stuff. New Japan, there's a lot of history between those seven guys, and it would have been an amazing story to tell. Right. The OGs with the young OGs coming running, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, man, shout out to that. I I was not invested into what was going on with Pat McCaffrey and Adam Cole. I mean, in the beginning, I was like, ah, you know, Adam Cole was you know cursing, going all over the place, trying to make it look like it was a real, real thing. Yeah, when he was on his show, but. As soon as Triple H put out a statement about it, as soon as he went on Pat McCaffrey show, I think the next week or the next day, I was like, oh, this is leading to something. And look, Pat McCaffrey fucking punted this dude. Knocked him out. Knocked him out, ended up on ESPN. Good look. And ESPN is talking about you got to go see NXT 30. Dude, right there, bro. Why they do it? That's why. That's why. Once again, shout to WWE. <laughs> it's it's really dope, man. I I hope uh, I hope it works out well. I hope uh, Adam Cole and Pat have a great match at NXT uh, with a guy like Adam Cole in the ring. Though I mean, everybody says he's a ring general, man. He knows what he's doing and knows how to control a match. So I think Pat's in great hands. And he's going to make him look good and catch that W. So Facts. let's see what's up with that. Uh, Big E had his first singles match in a long, well, not in a long time, but, you know, as a singles competitor now. It's been a while. You know what I'm saying? Uh, had a great match with, uh, with, with uh, what's his name? Miz. Had a really good match with Miz. What I liked about it, though, was I liked the fact how he showed off his his new finisher. It's not it's not a new move in the in the sense of wrestling, but that that finisher I think they call it the the stretch muffler or something like that. It shows how strong this guy is. You know what I'm saying? Where he has. When he has the opponent's um, leg around his neck and he's stretching it and then picking the opponent up. And, yo, dude, and this is what they got to do. They have to market Big E as, like, this, this this monster, basically. Like, yo, he could take – he's nice. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll have a laugh or two with you, but when he gets in the ring, he's going to fuck you up. Thanks. And I feel like all of that just really, really uh, displays that. A lot of people are talking about his ring gear. Like, he should change his ring gear because he's, you know, he's not with the New Day at the moment and all this other stuff. And I'm like, who gives a fuck about the ring gear? <laughs> yeah, he had his fucking New Day shit on. Who cares? All good. All good. You know, it do- that doesn't matter to me because that, that even, like, you know, basically puts him out there. Like, everybody knows where he's from. They know he's from the New Day. But if you've really been watching, you know, he was a Intercontinental Champion at one point. You know, he was one of the first NXT title holders. The only, no, the first black NXT title holder. Yeah, I think I think the moment that Kofi was like, yo, put your meat on my meat, that just let everybody know, like, hey, he's New Day. 
<laughs> Yo, you're a fucking clown, bro. Oh man, what you think about um the Fiend and Alexa Bliss? I mean, shout out to the Fiend, bro. Resurrecting again, careers, baby. Once again, just Ray Wyatt, just doing what he do. Like, yeah, just whatever. Who's next? Who's next? Yeah, I fucks with it. I fucks with it. Who needs a little bit of the fiend that's sprinkled on him real quick? Exactly. Where do you where do you think that's going? So I go back to the swamp match, right? That everybody was just like in in a mixed bag. We still haven't seen Braun Strowman. Did he get out the water? Is he locked up somewhere? Does the fiend have him in another realm? Like, let's start, let's start thinking like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, yo, this is a different fucking universe over here. It would be great if WWE is thinking like that. You think they are? Like, I think so. Mm, it. Like I always say, they got to protect the Fiend, baby. They got to protect them. And if you've seen in the Swamp Match, what really lured Braun Strowman to, towards the Fiend, towards Bray Wyatt during that match, was the image of Alexa Bliss. You know what I'm saying? Was... Because he has, everybody knows, like, he even stated it through, like, you know, his social media is how he has, like, a crazy crush on her and all this other shit. So that's the, the you know, the seducing element of, of the story. And he's, like, using Alexa Bliss to get to him. But what I want to see is Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt be, like, how uh, Joker, Joker and... um. What was what's homegirl's name? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A- Annabelle? No, 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 crazy chick. Yeah, I forgot her name. I don't know. Forgot. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with me, bro? Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Yes, I want to see that. Or like Chucky and the Bride of Chucky. You know what I'm saying? I want. I, I want to <laughs> see that. I want. I want her to terrorize people too, bro. Chucky and the Bride of Chucky. Yo, I want I want her to terrorize people. You know what I'm saying? Like when they're doing the Firefly Funhouse, she's like, "Hey, everybody, I'm Lexi. How are you?" That'll be fire. You know, and then the fiend come out, and then she just comes out like this, like just like mad weird with her the head to the side, whole bunch of like crazy white paint on her and blood, and just like, "Hey, that'll be fire." If they built her into the fiend character. Yo, just like a female, yo, like that. Oh, man. A that's theme? The female theme? Female? Yo, <laughs> without the mask, though, like, like let her let her wear the makeup and look crazy, like on some Harley Quinn shit. But, like, Harley Quinn from, um, what was, uh, uh, Assassin Squad? What was that shit called? Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. <laughs> Stop bringing this Marvel shit up, or... It's not even Marvel. Anyway. We got it. Keep going. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, let her, you know, get into that character and, and terrorize the women's division. So you got to terror within the male's division and the women's division. And let them, you know, every once in a while come out, do promos together, look all crazy. Like, oh, even a better, even a better, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, comparison. Um... Woody, Woody Harrelson. What was that movie with Woody Harrelson where he was a nut? Him White Man Can't Jump? No, him and his girl were uh, just nuts. Shit. 
Uh, Natural Born Killers. Yes. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, am I right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yo, I think that shit would be fire, bro. This thing is white man can jump. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. But yeah, but I think that shit would be really dope and give them um like just spark new life in into the product in, in, in general because to be honest, SmackDown's been having amazing matches. From AJ to AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle, AJ Styles versus uh Grand Matalik. Yeah, that uh, the luchador. Um we've seen that da- uh Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak, uh the fatal four-way match they had to see who's gonna face AJ Styles. I mean, they, they've been having all these dope matches with all the new guys, which is great. You know what I'm saying? So I really like the way they're going with everything. Even even on Raw, you know, you have the hurt business there. Might not be new guys, but it's people they weren't really using too much. And now you have a new guy like Apollo Crews in there. You have uh, Andrade and Garza. You have um, the Street Profits, who, who to me are looking a lot stronger now. They're looking a lot more, you know, comfortable. And they're they, they doing their thing, bro. They're yeah. dope in the ring. That yeah. fucking frog splash, what, like two weeks ago that Montez did? Yeah, it's sick, bro. He gets up there. He pumped he- he he frogs really fucking yeah, hard. Not only that, but he turned his whole body around. There's yeah. some RVD shit. You know what I mean? So it was just a great, great, great thing to see. And I feel like WWE is in the right in the right move. It's just this is this is the the transition phase, man. This is over here creating new stars. They just have to have a lot better storytelling. And from what I'm hearing, uh, Adam Cole and no, Adam, not Adam Cole, um, Edge. I was going to say Adam Copeland, his name. But uh, Edge and Daniel Bryan has been having a lot of say on who to, who to basically give the push to on the shows. And they've been having a lot of say on what's going on in the shows. And I feel like you see it a lot with SmackDown just because of the matches they're having on SmackDown. It's more it's more wrestling-orientated. It's kind of it's – it's really – really getting is really getting my attention i know that and everything seems a lot more full there with the matches right you know speaking of daniel bryan real quick you saw daniel bryan pandering for a match with the rock i don't think he was pandering for a match with the rock well when you start your tweet with i would love to do a match with the rock <laughs> You're kind of putting it out there. Well, his, his and the reason why he gave this is his daughter. His daughter is over here singing all this Moana shit. Yeah, I mean, and and shout out to the Rock for responding, talking about let's do it. Well, you guess what? WrestleMania next year is supposed to be taking place in Hollywood. Why not? Why not? Why not? That that match would sell WrestleMania on its on its own. Yeah, that would be a fucking fire match. The Rock versus Daniel Bryan. You, yo, what was Daniel, The Rock's last match? Oof, last match? Oh, wow. That was uh, WrestleMania 30. 
30, 31. I know he beat Eric Rowan like in five seconds or something like that. That's what it was? Yeah. Damn, Eric Rowan got it? Yeah. Because uh, the, the Bray Wyatt and his peoples were going to go and, uh, and jump him. And out of nowhere, this nigga rock with the snap pants. And he had, he had his trunks ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I actually remember that. I actually remember that. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to bring up, too. Um, so apparently your boy, Rey Mysterio, is a free agent. He's been wrestling without a contract. Oh, yeah. It's a bidding war we're going on right now, supposedly. Yo, can you... So apparently they matched his, they matched whatever WWE, uh, AEW matched whatever WWE was offering Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Can you really see Rey Mysterio going to AEW? I don't, I don't know what they would use him there for. That's true. I'll be honest. I have no idea what his use would be because Matt Hardy said the reason why he went to AEW is because he felt like he wasn't. One of the main reasons he felt like he wasn't done with wrestling and he wanted to control, like control the narrative of his character and his career. I haven't seen nothing but him coming in and out of matches here and there and big enough private party. Anytime he gets, anytime he gets a, a chance to. So with that being said, you have Ray Mysterio, a person who's probably, I think about five years older than Matt Hardy. You know, Ray Mysterio is about 45, I think. Yep. What are you doing with him then? Like, if he's just going to be there to basically, like, jumpstart the careers of others, he could do that shit in WWE. I think what Ray Mysterio is looking for right now, he's looking for bread, bro. That's it. He's looking for bread, and he doesn't want to leave. Because if they matched the offer and he really wanted to leave WWE, he would have left already. So it's like, what what are they gonna do for him there? Is, is he gonna is he gonna tell Santana and Ortiz acting like cabrones with the inner inner circle and needs to go join him and he's gonna do his own stable? I mean, that would be dope. Cause to be honest with you, bro, my my niggas is, is looking trash right now, bro. They're not looking trash. They just oh, looking like they're not. They're looking more like um looking lost. Not lost neither. They're just looking like lackeys. You know oh, what I'm saying? They're looking like more extras. Than that. They're, they're more than like that. extras. They're they looking like do. background scenery. Yo, dude, they they have to. like these little moments where you can see their personality, but you don't get to see what great of a tag team they are. I know, and that, that just hurts, bro. They could use a guy like Ray Mysterio. Yeah. I think they'll go back to LAX. Honestly, I think ah, the LA, LAX name is uh, it's owned by Impact, if I'm not mistaken. I thought Impact and AEW was buddy buddy. Not at all, bro. Oh shit! All right, well there you go. Um, speaking of Matt Hardy, I don't know if you're gonna get into AEW. Talk about Dynamite. Uh well, we we seen what happened on Dynamite. But, uh, I, I mean, I didn't see much of Dynamite. <laughs> well, he took he took a, a really really hard chair shot to the face. To the face, and supposedly Sammy Guevara used the wrong chair. <laughs> Yo, that kid can't do shit right. <laughs> fucked up. 
Oh man, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with that kid, man. Yeah, of course they took him back. I was reading some shit that said that they took him backstage, and several people wanted to have a stern talk with him. Like, come well, on, bro. He got a stern talking to in the back. <laughs> yeah, with everybody that. Uh, hey, buddy, you gotta you gotta make sure you know what the fuck you're doing out there. You gotta make sure you grab the right fucking chair. <laughs> All right, because you can really fucking hurt somebody out there, buddy. Right? I don't think you're taking this shit serious. Every time I see you, you're fucking licking your lips. All right, doing some fucking shit with your hair. <laughs> you want to call yourself the fucking god? You can't even pick a fucking chair, right? And that fucking little backflip you did, front flip you did, was fucking trash. <laughs> Who's that talking to him in the back? Uh, um. I have no idea. I, I just picture like a producer. I just picture like a producer with a with a thick uh, a brush, a thick brush broom mustache, balding, with a whole fucking bunch of keys on a on a fucking on his fucking belt buckle. Oh my god! <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yeah, so Sammy Gavada made another mistake, his second one in about a month. And yo, Matt Hardy kind of kind of went in on him on Twitter. I think he has like four different uh tweets where he calls him a little bitch and he's gonna he's like, yo, you got a receipt coming, you bitch. Hear me, you little bitch. Yeah, but then what what did he do? He went and he made a t-shirt. Exactly. Like quick fast. Gotta he had to capitalize. I get it. I get it. But it's like, come on, bro. He, he kind of almost did you a favor, man. Like, now you get to sell a couple of more T-shirts. Now you're going to have a match on the next pay-per-view or the next Dynamite. <laughs> he he tweeted, I I don't die, but you will, Sammy Guevara. I'm going to destroy that bitch, and then my bitch will destroy that bitch, too. <laughs> no, you know there you go. He's not talking about his dog. It's his wife, right? <laughs> he called him a cocky, weird, reckless little piece of shit. <laughs> Yo, that, that's a pretty good description. That's pretty much what I think of him as well. He is, like, pretty cocky. He's fucking weird. And he's reckless as fuck. Well, you know, we've seen it there, man. And I mean, If I go to Sammy Guevara's fucking Twitter, you think he's like, I'm sorry. Sorry, man. Didn't mean to do that, man. Definitely not. Definitely not. But what I do think is we need to shout out Brian Pillman Jr. Ah, uh, yes. And that uh, Brian Pillman uh, loose cannon t-shirt of ours on a For anybody listening out there, Brian Pillman Jr. is in the fan, you know, in the stands, front row. The only row at the moment. <laughs> and he had the shirt on, you know, we peeped it. There was people uh hitting us up saying that he's wearing a shirt. Thank you for hitting us up. Gunner from Florida, thank you for that. Pre- appreciate that. And uh, yeah, man. Watch out. It's coming. A new design coming next week. Two designs. Two designs. Storyline tease. It's coming. It's coming. What's going Big on? Things are coming. Bomba clock. Bomba clock. Y'all don't know, huh? 
Get a storyline T for your Rasta bum clad ass. <laughs> Word to a wedding. Word to a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're bugging, bro. But yeah, man. Uh, I think we can leave it off here. And uh, been here. I've been hearing a couple of new joints lately. Yeah, have you heard the new uh, Car- um, Cardi B <laughs> and Make the Stallion WAP? Do you know what WAP stands for? What ass pussy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I think the video came out of everything. Yeah, everything, dude. Is it like, I mean, like softcore porn? Jesus, uh it's a uh, it's a lot of stuff going on there, man. Yeah, I'm about, I'm gonna definitely watch it because <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. But I'll definitely get to that. I don't think that should be our song of the week, though. No, it's de- it definitely won't. Um, definitely won't. Uh, you know, Conway got a new joint out right now. Yeah, I saw that. I haven't heard that neither. How is it? It's pretty dope. The one we met the man is pretty dope. Uh, J Cole got some new joints out. The baby had a new album out. Mm. Shout out to the baby. Yeah, Rod Wave as well. Uh, Yo, bro, I seen a video of the baby where he's telling this dude that he'll give him $5,000 if he drinks this rotten milk in a gallon. He left a gallon of milk outside for two days. In the sun and all that shit. The dude says he's going to drink it, man. Shout out to the baby. After last night's uh, battle, Two Chains and Rick Ross got some new joints that, that came out. Did you watch it? Uh, I wasn't. It was alright. It had it had a couple of good uh couple of good moments, but it, it definitely didn't give us the moments that we got on the other the other uh, the other battles. I mean, yo, I started watching it honestly, and I started falling asleep like, like that ass. Two moments. One. Two chains brought brought out strippers. Two, Rick Ross got had a masseuse on deck. That's about it. I mean, yo, shout out to the weight loss. You know what I'm saying? I feel you're like whatever. I don't give a fuck. I lost weight. I'm about to be out here with my shirt off. But my nigga, you got them orangutan titties, my nigga. Like, <laughs> it's just like yo, <laughs> like, we get it, my nigga. You're the biggest boss, but like you're fucking like. Yeah, you're doing a show right now. Like, did we really need to see Rick Ross get massaged? I don't know. It's just like it's more sinister. <laughs> like, you know what? I think I think I'll wait for the MP3 to drop. Yeah, he's like, it's more sinister than that. I wasn't trying to watch the live video version of that. I think yeah. I'll wait for the fucking for the audio version to drop. Oh man, that that shit. I yeah, I need two chains to stand a chance though. So nah, nah, he ain't got he don't got tracks. Like, I mean, Ross has like classics. You know, I do fucks with two. Ch- I don't fuck with his music. Like, but honestly, every time I hear two two chains, I'm I'm like, that's pretty dope. I like his style on tracks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like his flow and like how he changes his voice and shit. And he spit over dope beats. But honestly, yeah, I don't listen to a lot of his music. Ross is just. You know, he's a Florida nigga that a New York nigga could just fuck Probably. with. Me. Exactly. Um, you know what I'm going to play? I'm going to play the Don Q joint with Benny the Butcher, Legends. 
Oh, do it. Let's go. That's what we're going to play. And we're going to end off episode 116 like this. Hey. We are your host, Nathan McFly. Young Quarantine Poppy, you already know. Quarantine yeah. after the quarantine. Quarantine Poppy phase four. We out here. <laughs> and it's a wrap. Peace. My flowers given to me while I can smell them Don't wait till I'm dead and gonna tell me how I'm a legend You know that you dead wrong, you saying I ain't excelling And if they think he iron, he gon' get his eye in a stretch I got a thing for fast cash hoes and foreign vehicles Feel good to make it out on your own when no one knew How can I give a handout to those that wasn't real? Oh, now you need a sister Where was you? Cause it was only a few I could name before the fame that really seemed the vision When it was me and my dog talking like Peter Griffin Thinking how to get the snakes in the garden to keep from here The streets will test you and give you a lesson when the teacher did Don King status, I belong on the throne Why I gotta share my wins and take my losses alone? Tell me why I gotta settle for less when I know my value Tell me how I make it to the top floor from below the grab I'm surrounded by royalty, I made my home a castle Sharp as a bow and arrow, in the dark I could throw a match You got a better chance dodging a shark trying to roll a paddle I told him if I depart then my city gon' mold the statue All I want is my flowers given to me while I can smell it don't wait till I'm dead and gonna tell me how I'm a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitch. Yo, I'm carrying all the steel, so I'm cherishing all my kills. Paid three stacks for the pair and they won't steal. Heard my man got knocked with a brick and I caught a chill. Before he copped out the 20, he buried a quarter mil. Real plug, pots did magic, you know my status. Dope boys ask, can they have it before I grab it? Fuck whipping work, sometimes you gotta stab it. Fuck waiting on opportunity, you gotta grab it. I turn your hood to Vietnam, fuck with me and Dom This the kid with freezing arms and undefeated bars It take more than that to be a boss No misdemeanors, you gotta let us prick your finger just to be involved Mob shit, can't take the credit, this guy's gift God fish, nigga, my dope jumping like Josh Smith This for my stay down niggas who got rich I had it made cause I was raised by niggas who buy bricks Could've been Malcolm X, but I'd rather be Rich Porter After a big order, clapping at Six Sawyer Full of A1 niggas and rich lawyers Spending your little money ain't making that bitch loyal Coulda never imagined how it's panning out You buy guns to stash them, but we hand them out The coach called the play and I ran the route That's how I fed my whole block, hand them out All I want is my flowers given to me while I can smell them Don't wait till I'm dead and gonna tell me how I'm a legend